0: I've been here many times before, and I've never been defeated. And still, I will never be defeated. To front. front. It's Jay. And this is Chuck. I'm to rock. I will. Oh well. Recognize world champions three times over. Record champions. See a the great bear leading the Springboks to world dominance. Welcome boys and girls to this week's episode of Two Up Front. I'm Jay. I'm rolling with Chuck. Chuck will tell you what we're talking about, but you probably already know. Anyway, Chuck. What do we have on the episode today? Si, well, si, well, Assup, what's up?
1: Uh, well, uh, uh, first, first and foremost, uh, good morning, champ. Uh, how are you doing, champion? No, I'm, I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm too good. On top of the world? Uh, on top of the world. On top of the moon, even. Uh Technically, as a South African, world champs. No one can deny us. We're carrying the Web Ellis Trophy in our pockets. Everywhere we go, we're walking, we're like 10 feet taller. We are 100 pounds heavier. We're just massive wherever we go. Today, this week, the rest
0: of the year, for like four years running, we'll be walking around as world champions. How good does that feel? Hello, South Africa.
1: Today, we're covering Benny McCarthy's firing, Nick Kovacs firing, we are asking the question Are fans a little bit too trigger happy? We're also covering um, a preview of the City and Liverpool game. But first. Okay, no more singing, we promise. That's the that's, that's last we will be hearing from us. Hey, we're champions, we can do whatever we want right now.
0: But man let okay, get into this. Let's just
1: break down the, 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 the final. This has to be the best game we've played in the whole tournament. When it mattered. It's crazy. It's crazy. I, I can count three guys who stepped up, who weren't really so amazing. Hey, we can count Lucano Am. We can count... Maybe I only have two. But <laughs> people stepped up. Dude. Um,
0: for me, Rassi Erasmus's poker face. What in the, the world was tournament. that did we see in the final? I mean, the boys came out. They, they came out carrying the ball. And I'm looking at this. I'm like, it's not going to last, is it? And around like the 20th minute, I see them kicking again. I'm just like, oh, are you going to revert back to the style we've been playing? Mm. But no, we kept ball in hand. We were running it up the throats, down the throats of these boys. who were like just physical everywhere. I mean, that's that's the game we've been crying out for. Mm. Um, When we, we've been covering the matches that we've been playing I know I've had the complaint that we are kicking far too much, especially when we are position half. I mean, even we didn't go away from the kicks entirely. Yeah. Even when we kicked, they were accurate. We were contesting in the air. Like, all of our players were coming down with, 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 with the contested balls. I mean, Vermeulen was under every single thing. It and was a wrecking
1: just, ball. It was a wrecking ball. From restarts to rucks, every time he carried, he was a wrecking ball. Like, as you say, with the, ball, with the guys under the ball. Villaru was, 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 was excellent. Pimpy collected a couple of balls. And people say that we're going to be put under pressure under the high ball, but not in the final. I mean, not in the final. I was,
0: I was saying this as well because this is when we first saw uh, the Spoonworks at this tournament, in that first game against the All Blacks, the All Blacks were targeting our back three mm-hmm. with high balls. And they were pretty successful at it, which is why I was confused for the whole tournament. Why is that our game plan? Mm-hmm. Because. We have chasers who are not going to recover the ball, so we're just giving away possession, mm. you know? But, I mean, you know what? Even with, with without the ball um, with us, what I have to commend the Springboks on and, and what, for me, was just the standout for the whole tournament, that is arguably the greatest defense I've ever seen displayed Gosh. on an international level. I saw, I mean, there was... There was the first 30 minutes in, in, in the match against Japan, they had like 80% ball position. And they were doing their tricks where they, they like ball in hand and they just interchanging between forwards and backs. It's beautiful to watch, but they were not going in. For 30 minutes, they had 80% of the ball position. And under normal circumstances, you look at that, you're like, you, you can't, you can't last. Either Same thing in the something final. Something
1: will happen where someone breaks through or you'll concede a penalty. Something, you don't hold up a game for that long. You don't.
0: It's I mean, up. remember when 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 England when England had the big moment. There was a point where they were attacking and they were under our poles for. I mean, it must have been like double-digit phases where they just kept recycling the ball. They kept coming, to and no we one, were yeah. conceding penalties. I mean, there were like three penalty counts at the at, at the end of that move. Eventually, mm. uh, Farrell converted uh, for their first points in the game. But I I was looking at that and I was thinking to myself, if we keep these guys out here because they were just. Coming with everything that they have If we keep them out here That's a big statement Mm. For the rest of the match And we did I mean, they were overlaps, but they were not converting. We were like smashing everything inside. The Liverpool brothers were who have been a problem.
1: They've been, massive. They've been a problem.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, all over the place. Since since the last couple, since Eddie Jones took over the English team, mm-hmm. um, the game plan is pretty simple. Given to to those two boys, yeah. And they have some big boys in their team, and they I are wrecking well, the well. I mean, if
1: you add the two luggies, if you add some underhill, I thought it's gonna be like a massive collision. But you can't out springbox uh, the spring box when no. it comes to bashing and bruising and battering the opposition. Familiar was massive. Peter Steff was massive. Like Sia's work rate was massive. Guys, when we want something, CS said, and we work hard enough, no one can deny us. We were massive. Like,
0: you know, you know what I was reminded about in in this World Cup yeah, that course. with all with all the fancy things uh, that that, that happen in rugby. I mean. New Zealand are a bit of an outlier in the world game in terms of how they play the game. Japan are also on, on that path, trying to play like the expansive like, running game. It's a beautiful game to watch, right? And it's worked for New Zealand. For I mean, Rusty Erasmus, uh, last night when he was collecting the award for Coach of the Year, he was saying that after winning this World Cup, what we are looking for in a South African nation and his vision as he reverts back to Director of Rugby, is he wants consistency. And he was saying, we're chasing all of us in the international game, are chasing the All Blacks because yeah. the All Blacks have like about a 77% win ratio in a hundred years, which is crazy. Fair, and yeah. we're up and down between World Cups and some years as, as Sia was saying that there was a point where the fans were not coming out to the stadiums, which is unheard of in mm-hmm. South Africa because we, we packed the stadiums for rugby. And when when we're, uh, and so in in trying to chase the New Zealanders, sometimes you try to play like them. But what we saw in this World Cup is that sometimes the game of rugby is bully ball. The big boy on on, on on the playground is just too massive. He's too big. He's too strong. He's immovable. He's a force. And when he comes at you with everything that he has, there's not a damn thing you can do about him. <laughs> and the South Africans are just like, you know what? Forget forget the fancy stuff uh, Move these things aside That's <laughs> what we're going to do We're going to hit you Whether you, you are carrying the ball Or we are carrying the ball We are going to hit you There's going to be a collision And one of us is not going to survive And it's going to
1: be you Even if even with Bonambi out Lutteja We still keep on hitting people out, out the park I mean, I think the roles were reversed In terms of the semi-final In terms of England's case Because they shut down everything the All Blacks try to do mm. We in turn shut down Everything they tried to do Because I, I can't pick any standout Performer for from, from England I mean Pharaoh converted penalties and stuff But We shut down Everything that they tried to do And We, we were by far the security I mean By, by the time We're entering into second half, There was a confidence as much, as much as we didn't have That much of a Big points difference But there was confidence That we're, we've got this in the bag Even by the point of half time.
0: You know um,
1: When, when, when half time hit
0: uh, Where For example In the previous matches It was It was close you know, yeah. This was close as well, but there was a different feeling. Within, as I'm saying, within the first 20, 25 minutes, you were looking at that game and you were thinking to yourself that the only thing that needs to happen here is the Springboks need to pull away. That if we lost that game, we would have bottled that game because we were For far sure. superior. For sure. We are far superior than England in that match. And I mean, I had a, I had some nervous moments when the the, the score was, was still a difference of about three points or six points. Mm-hmm. There was a point where Farrell had a kick and he's very accurate. He had a kick to make it 12-9, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. And I was thinking to myself, if if these boys are only like three points behind us after the efforts that we've put in and how we've, I mean, if we're being honest, we've made them look pretty average, then they might get their tails up and, because and, and, and
1: it's playing that badly by being that close. Speaking on that very same moment, it looked like for that, Five minutes or so, there was a momentum shift. And mm-hmm. you were trying to get back into the game. And with that penalty, with them being closer to you, you wondered, that are they coming back into the game? But nope, we shut that down too. As soon as Owen Farrell missed that kick, it went back to Springbok's momentum. And I think their heads went down a bit in terms of trying to keep up with the scoreboard. We just kept coming. Speaking of kicks, I
0: mean, uh, Pollard missed his first kick. You know, man... I tell you, I tell you when he missed the game, I like, oh, we need every single point that we can get. Because uh, especially, you know, in finals, um, no one is coming out there trying to put 50 on the board. Yeah. Uh, no one is coming out there trying to play like they're playing sevens rugby. There's no champagne rugby. It's yeah. just at the end of the day, you've come with one goal. That is to get the W. And however you get it, you claw, you fight, you, you do everything in your power just to get the win. Which is why you usually see um, finals being low scoring affairs. So when he missed that first three-pointer, I'm thinking to myself, man, because he, has tr- he struggled um, in, in the tournament. At some point, he, he came into the knockout, knockout phases around like 60% um, mm-hmm. with, his, with his kicks at goal. But I have to commend the, ball from, the boy from Park Gymnasium. He looks like he was born for the moment. The yes. brighter the lights, the more he just steps up and is the guy you need. In that kind of pressure situation Because after that He was just knocking It was a clinic
1: I wanted to say that His mental fortitude is, is amazing Because it's crazy he, he missed that kick I think he, he dropped um, a ball It was one high ball that he gathered and I think he tried to step past the defender and He slipped He slipped yeah. And, and they, thinking, they got points off of yeah, that. Yeah, and you're thinking... Oh, that's, no, 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 one actually they
0: didn't get points off of that because they got the penalty, mm-hmm. but they missed it. So that was the other one. That was the one where they needed it to go um, 12-9. I was thinking to myself,
1: man... I, I mean, in other situations, you're like, is this like, not his game? Is it not his day? But he got up and still, with those, with those errors in his game, still by, by far did superior to what he, I guess would say, or, uh, errors in his game. And he had like, the game of his life, I'd say. The game of his life because he was running with ball in hand, he, he he was kicking, he was doing everything that you wanted your number ten to do in a final. You know what? Um, and and the word
0: on Pollard, you know, I've expressed this to you before. I'm I'm a massive Johan Hussein fan. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm gutted that his career has been blighted with injuries and he's never quite been able to get any sort of a run. And the reason I am is because if you ever you guys are listening out there, if you ever get to see horse in play, he's just a different talent. He's, mm-hmm. he's Mercurial and he, he's a Rolls Royce, you know, but I mean, and, 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 and in comparison to Paula, I, I, I was someone who's like, I'd, I'd, I'd prefer to have Hussein in there because he's, he's a running, um, fly off mm-hmm. which is what we've been looking for in South Africa for, for the longest time. Monistain was a metronome with the, with, with the boot, but we were always looking for that little bit extra. Someone is going to bring the backs into it. Someone who's going to, uh. Challenge, challenge the defensive line. You know, put them under pressure. Not give them a second look. Not or just stand there expecting that you're either going to kick or you can't bring the back lines into play. And Pollard is somewhat that kind of fly half. And in the final, particularly, he actually showed that he's got everything that you want. And there was a point in his career where we were shifting him around, and like putting him him at at, at inside centre. Mm. But I think if anything, he's shown that he's he's earned to be in that number ten jumper for easily the next. 10 years maybe even. Uh, if he's available, he's fit and he's on form, there's, there's, there's no question. No one else should be playing in that position. And particularly because what I saw in that final, what I saw in that semis, how he was then striking the ball at, uh, what, 80%, 90% conversion rate, his BMT is mm-hmm. is through the roof,
1: you know? I think another thing that we need to point out with Russell looking for consistency going forward is that we've pretty much had the same team throughout the whole tournament in terms of the bigger games. But there's so much promising talent in the bench, like even people didn't make the starting twenty-three, and I think we, we, we I think we're on course with the rugby championship again this coming season. We, Man, we should be.
0: We as a nation should be confident that this is. This, this is not going to be one off, yeah. you know. I mean, it's hard. It's, it's hard so to win the World Cup, and you don't look at a team that wins the World Cup and think to yourself that they're going to fall off. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, we've come so far. It, it's crazy to think that we're world champions. We're sitting here as world champions. If you, if you said this, you have to
1: coach Russia. Yes, really? Eh? I mean, if, if you if you listen to how it detailed everything in terms of um, he got them to buy into the plan, and he was like to them. Guys, it's not about you being a hero on social media and whatnot. Focus on the Springbok jersey, and you're you talking about stardom, yeah, yeah, you're talking about people who had big contracts and were thinking about money. But he said to them, "This is how you're gonna be an inspiration by doing it for the Springbok jersey, not for your money, not for what you put on Instagram." And they started being together. Apparently, he's an open and honest coach. He doesn't put poor people outside and say, "Listen, this is what you need to work on." He says it, it in front of the team, and with everybody in knowledge of here's what um, such and such has to improve on, here's what such and such has to work on. I think it was it was open communication and they were honest about who they were and what they could do, and paid off. There's
0: great respect for the coach from the players. You can oh, tell a lot, um, a lot. that that word honesty or kept coming up That's when true. when the players, particularly Sia, mm. was asked about the impact of Varsity coming in as coach, and he was honest with them um, mm. from the beginning, as you just detailed uh, in terms of what was going wrong, mm. uh, what needed to change, and credit to. The Boys, as well, they bought into it yeah. um there was a level of trust that you could see that was developed between coach and players to the point where when Rossi was speaking on 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 Sia Kulisi, you could tell that that's not just the man who is in charge of managing him and, and his and his rugby career you know he's someone who's interested in in the person and sure. you you can then see that if this is translated to all the other guys in the squad. Those guys would go out there and and play for him. Mm. The thing that I just spoke about in terms of um, Pollard being 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 a running fly half, you can see his natural game is that he wants to have those options. He wants to be able to run around and not just kick it. But he kept to the game plan. Mm. You, I mean, you think to yourself, in spite of what his natural inclination might be, he kept to the game plan because he trusts he trusted what 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 what, what the coach. Um, had instructed them to do. Mm-hmm. And it is, it's a, it's a massive kudos to Rossi Erasmus that he was the director of the Disprimores for what, six years. Mm-hmm. And we went into crisis where at some point we got smashed by New Zealand, like 57 nil. This is what was, well, was like only two impressive. years ago. This yeah. is what I'm thinking. It's crazy to think that we are sitting here now as world champions. That's man. So South so Africans <laughs> so have, 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 have an amazing ability of never saying die, uh, never giving up. And, these are the fruits of it.
1: With, with what you said, I want to then pose a question. What does this win mean for you as, South African, as a South African? Because so often you, you've heard from the moment the whistle blew that people are saying this is big for the country. It's not just a sporting victory, but this is for all the hardships that we've had as a country. This is for all the the, the, the racial issues and, and, and stuff that is happening in our country. This is, this is for you. And Sia's motivational words are that if you want to achieve something and if you really work hard, at it, you can. And we've always been a symbol for for change and and for good things in the country. What does this mean, mean What does the win sorry mean for you you know what um if i'm and if, I, if I'm being like
0: completely honest with you, mm. there was a point where i, I, I got a little tired of, mm. of of hearing the rhetoric of um unity and 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 what it's done for the country hmm. that 's not to say that I do not recognize um the impact that the win has you yeah. know i just i just I, I just felt that um, there are people who are trying to hijack what was happening because first and foremost, there are guys who have their whole lives um honorary Pollard was talking about this before the final that he was in his backyard as a kid, and before he ever even played organized rugby and he was kicking balls and imagining himself kicking in a world cup final and so he was saying that he's been preparing for this moment for his whole life and this is the case with all those boys in that squad and in their profession chosen profession which is rugby and at the highest level of their chosen profession they've achieved the highest possible outcome mm-hmm. you know so first and foremost that's what it is yeah. um and congratulations to them but it does mean uh it does mean more uh, mm-hmm. as much as i say I, I got tired of that message there's very clearly something you can't go away with, with the Springboks. And it's, it's rather interesting because no other sporting team, sporting individual in our country quite captures the imagination or holds this position um, of the Springboks. The Springboks represent in South Africa, a microcosm of what our society actually is, Mm. because we cannot go away from the fact that they were exclusively a, an Afrikaans symbol. Mm. Uh, there was exclusion sure. on the basis that this is our it wasn't us against them and and there were talks of dismantling the whole thing uh and 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 I mean there's been comments from political voices and other dissenters mm. on social media and 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 whatnot that this doesn't mean anything and 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 the wind doesn't change anything and to that I say, well what honestly like a game of rugby won't change all of society, all it's supposed to do yeah. you know. But I, I'm someone who I support the existence of the Springboks. Mm. I recognise that this, like rugby in this country has a hell of a long way to go in terms of transformation. But that's the reason why I believe that we must continue with with, 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 with the symbol of the Springboks, with uh with with the game in this country, because how we go there mm. will will not not will determine how the country goes, but it will be a picture of what we can do, and this is what the message that we heard from our captain and mm. from from the squad. It's it's not perfect. We don't yeah. live in a post um, racial society. We don't. We we are not living in a South Africa, and I don't think we ever quite get to a point where we say no prejudices exist in society. Mm. But what we are always searching for is better than what we were before. And for example, we watched we watched um, a documentary where. Uh, Chester Williams was the only person of color, black yeah. person, in the '95 um, World Cup. We saw a Lucania M passing to Emma Pimpy scoring a try. We saw a Cheslin uh a colored player, scoring a try. And we see our fly is white, and he's converting, he's, he's converting penalties and and um, and, and conversions. Mm. You know, and you look at that, and it's better than '95, mm. which which is what we are aiming for yeah, we, we're not quite there yet, yeah. but the goal is that we push on, mm-hmm. you know, we, we press towards perfection. We might never get there, but we press towards the change and what needs to be done still needs to be done. Mm-hmm. When we have a, a Sia Kulisi who, when you hear, uh, hear his story, how he was someone who was stri- trying to figure out where his next meal is coming from. He was mm-hmm. someone who didn't have shoes, uh, forget rugby boots to play the game. And now not only is he the first black South African captain to, to, to lift the Ellis trophy, but he's the fl- first black captain, period, yeah. to to lift the trophy. Mm-hmm. you know, That's progress.
1: I mean, if if, if Rassi said he wasn't quite aware of the impact it would have to install Sia Colise as captain, and he was quite amazed at what what actually happened as soon as Sia was announced as captain, and then to again refer to Rassi in his post-match um, game of the final, post-match, sorry, uh, interview after the final, he said that, it was not about the pressure in terms of performing as South Africans and whatnot, but they were playing to give the nation hope. Yeah, And as you said, it's, it, the, the Springboks are a great symbol in terms of what we could be. I mean, you look at the videos of mapimpi and the Bomb Squad and all the controversy that had. And for me, that's like, as a country, we all have teething problems if we want to go somewhere. There will be issues here and there. But if we own up certain things and we fix um, our country, we can actually get somewhere. I mean, obviously, it's a game of rugby. It's not going to change people's lives. It's not going to change um, what, what uh, racism issues we have and crime and all these things. But if we look to that and we try to model ourselves towards that and say that, hey, we are better off than we, what we were, as you said, in 95, where we're still world champions but with different faces. And you, you see someone like Rasty Erasmus who's able to pick Colisi from the township and say, actually, you're good enough to play somewhere. And still living in, in, in a rugby school and in a team where you can actually produce and show his, showcase his talent. I that as, as South Africans, we are, more than what are, we are more than the color of our skin. We are more than prejudiced the way that have existed long before. We are more than, hey, you look like this, so you must act a particular way. I mean, you and I always laugh about Mbonambi and his, and his, and his, and his English. <laughs> when I look at his face, I don't think he's that kind of person, but he proves me wrong when I hear the words come out of his mouth and the camaraderie that he's built. And you're part of such moments. Yeah. And obviously, there will be detractors say that, um, like... One one person tweeted that, congratulations to Sia. The rest of you can get your You don't need that, you know. It it, it doesn't help. It doesn't help. It's a win for South Africa. And every player embodies that because the the celebrations, I mean, if you want to nitpick about anything else, at the point we won the cup, there was no segregation. There was no prejudice. There was no racism. We were all together on the field in in, in Yokohama, everywhere else in the the country. We were united. So, box. thank you. Well done. Um,
0: And and I think... It's important to never stray from the truth. Um, And the truth of the matter is our society is still what it is. Mm. It is still largely untransformed. Yeah. But but the idea, as I said, is to continue making those strides. You Know, um, and I'm not going to sit here and, and suddenly say everything is perfect with South Africa or with South African rugby, it's just been one weekend, you know it, I mean? yeah. You know, yeah. hopefully, one of these days, we actually get some um, well informed voices to come speak on the situation from grassroots levels, uh, from schoolboy rugby all the way through the franchise, uh, the franchises and to the Springboks in terms of the problems that still exist. Mm. But w- without, without, without detracting from that, you know, um, it's worth. Noting that what 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 the wind does uh, is, is it gives us hope, hmm. and as the good book would say, that we do not hope in what we can see, yeah. um, because what a man sees, what does he yet still hope for? Yeah. You know, we are we are hoping for a rainbow nation still. You know, we are hoping for we're hoping for a society where we can come together, um, men, boys, girls, women, uh, everyone across the color spectrum, and join together for a better South Africa.
1: Yeah, I think I think to close off on my, on my side, I'd say that possibly if we didn't win the World Cup, maybe we wouldn't be saying all these things because then Sierra doesn't say all these things and the coach doesn't say all these things. But I think that the beauty of the, the, the Springboks is that it's a well-oiled machine that we've come to all back as South Africans that round each round and each fixture we've been backing the boys together, yeah, all the way to the final. So. In some cases, people were waiting for the toy for us to be united, but we've been united even before we got to the final because we've been all been collectively... For Buck Fridays. Yeah, you know, collectively being behind one mot- one goal, one motivation, one one idea. And so that, that is the idea of South Africa, that if we can, whether from political planes or societal platforms, have that one goal that we can achieve.
0: And that that's, that's it, isn't it? That, yeah. The, the idea that we can. That we can, yeah. We haven't yet, mm-hmm. but we can. And... It's, we're not going to give up on the ideal. Um, South Africa does belong to all who live in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, we always just figuring this thing out. This thing out. Uh, same thing as when the Springboks were almost down and out. When Rusty speaks about how he almost quit if he was going to lose his third Three-two game in a row. And it, that third game was against New Zealand, which was what? very highly yes. likely that we lose that. <laughs> exactly. But that didn't happen, you know, and 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 we and that's the message from the us. We can be honest with one another. We can be honest about where we are. Mm-hmm. We can be honest about where we want to go, and we can honestly buy into it. If all of us buy into it, we get there, and we find ourselves at the pinnacle of anything that we want to do. Uh, reminds us of of, of of the words of um, Elit Kachogu when he says, "No human is limited." We as yeah. Individuals are not limited. Um, Sia proves that with mm-hmm. his story, all the boys prove that with wherever they come from, the different backgrounds. And as a society, as the people of this land, uh, we can achieve a certain level of world dominance as well, yeah. Um, in, in our different respects. So, congratulations to the box again. Um, thank you for bringing this good feeling yeah. in our country. As that's everyone kept saying, job. we needed it, and that's so good. Sibuel, okay, I'm we're not going to it again.
1: <laughs> but, uh, yeah, well done. World champions. Transitioning That's... from one point to another, I mean, see, I was honest enough to say that I'm not the only leader in the team. Um, there are other people that I look up to, that I play with, that help me with the leadership roles, and I actually look up to other people, and they are my heroes in the very same team that I'm leading. I want to then talk about other leaders in a different sports. Coaches, yeah. are, they, are they being fired too soon? Because they're leaders of, of, of their team And maybe there isn't all that much honesty in football in terms of when and how coaches get fired. Benny is gone. Nick Kovac is gone. Do you think clubs are trigger happy and do you think fans are are too ready and willing to see their manager go? Man, am
0: I even the right person to ask this question? (laughs) An Arsenal supporter who lived through some, like a decade of me saying Wenger out. um, And I'm also now at the point of Emery out. But. (laughs) <laughs> so our, our, our conversation is sparked by the fact that Kovac was fired by Bayern Munich following a 5-1 drubbing by Frankfurt. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, well, to be fair, Bayern got a red card in that match. Uh, and we know it's hard to play against 10 guys. We saw Leicester put 9 uh, parts of Hampton when they were down to like 10 guys. Mm-hmm. But there's a, certain, there's a certain image that Bayern Munich hold as five times uh european champions as record bundesliga champions and this season it's 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 been a struggle but with this particular firing i don't know man i feel i feel this was too quick uh this this dude won the bundesliga as well as uh the the cup last season and then came back the beginning of the season won the super cup and then 10 games into the league in, into the league season and following a 7-2 win away at Tottenham. They got beaten 5-1 and and, and they decide, yeah, we've seen enough. Yeah. Which is funny <laughs> enough, like this was the biggest loss in 10 years. And 10 years ago, uh, Jürgen Klinsmann was fired from Bayern following a 5-1 jobbing. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how sport works out like that. Yep. Same thing we saw with Benny McCarthy. Uh, only two wins in his last 18 games or something. Yeah. But then you the ask yourself wins, that f- does what he... What, what, what he has done in, in, in the games prior to... In the seasons, actually, mm-hmm. prior to that. Does that not give him some form of a cushion? Do they not persist with him and, and, and go through trying times a little longer? Yeah. And what, what, what certain clubs have decided is that, no, um, there, there's there's a limit. You've reached a limit and it's time to go. And then there are clubs... then there are
1: clubs who do things the old-fashioned way Who actually give managers their time I mean, look, I I, I think sometimes coaches don't get a fair rub In terms of being given enough time to showcase their abilities or their knowledge And sometimes they are negating factors like not maybe getting the players you want to sign Funds, um, the team that you're currently working with And if you are, I guess, on good terms with the board Because I think sometimes it's a personalities game Guardiola could argue did as well as Kovac. He never won no, no Champions League, and he left when he wanted to leave. Whereas Kovac was fired, and I, I want to then ask, Emery was good at PSG, and he's at Arsenal now, and he, has, he hasn't quite transformed it, but maybe he's on the way there. But fans are already saying that he must go out. Is that is that fair to say that already, Mister Gunnar?
0: You know what. I think situ- <laughs> situations are, are important. It's important to read the, the situation at a particular club. At an Arsenal, for example, uh, the reason Arsenal eventually parted ways with Arsen Wenger is because it was a decade's worth of mediocrity he was finishing fourth multiple seasons and he so was selling it to it was consistency but he was <laughs> selling it to the to 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 the fans that that's okay i mean arsenal are not quite manchester united uh they are also not quite liverpool in terms of how decorated they are in 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 england but they are the third most successful team in the land which by some measures then you say they 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 they're probably top 3 the biggest clubs in in the country
1: mm-hmm.
0: so going Going that long with just,
1: eh,
0: let's qualify for for Europe. And when you get to Europe, you get knocked out in the last 16 consistently. There's there's an inquisition that needs to be launched there. So when you replace Wenger, you're replacing him with the promise that the next guy who's coming in is not going to be Wenger in a different mask. (laughs) Emery does not look like he knows what he's doing. Arsenal are still the same team that they were under Wenger. I mean, they go go 2-0 up at home and... Against a team that is in the bottom half, and that team is likely to come back. They go away from home. You know that they're going to concede. I mean, they went away from home in the middle of the week and they scored five past Liverpool at Anfield. Whoop de do! They conceded another five. And which other team? Which other team goes away and scores five goals and loses? So in a situation like that, I think I think there's a culture change that is needed. And when yeah. you look at an emory. He's not the man to change the culture. And the culture at Arsenal at the moment is that they've got weak abilities. Uh, their players are soft. Uh, their players are thin-skinned. Mm-hmm. They, they, they can't bear the fans uh, acting out against them. And maybe fans... I'm not, I'm not someone who's going to say fans, shouldn't uh players. Fans pay good money to come to the stadium. And we follow the teams that we follow. As much as we can share them on, we sure as hell have every right to express... Our, our, our discontent. And, and that's in terms through, of paying that's
1: money, the Arsenal fans have been getting value for money every game. Gaming came out. There's like three, four goals in it's each exciting. game. <laughs> it's,
0: just,
1: it's just not what they want to see exactly, but it's, it's, it's an exciting game. I want to ask you then a question in terms of you want, I know I've heard you say this before, you want someone like Diego Simeone who's going to man up Arsenal and get them challenging and have the balls to do it. In terms of um, United, we wanted... A big name coach you got Mourinho but as soon as the first season was done we were like Mourinho out and you, you you wonder then that what do we want as fans because you get who you want and as soon as something goes wrong you want him out I think managers need to get time to change things and, and, and make enough and time though. enough time would be two full seasons at the very least and maybe three but also as I said if, if you give him all the resources that he says he wants And he still fails, then he has no case So would you say then That if
0: he has a list And that list is made, say, within The first season yeah, And then the team still looks As it did and, and is underperforming do, Would you say then the time frame of how How, how long he gets Is is affected by the fact that Well, circumstances are have been lined up For you as per your request Does your timeline change in that re- in, in, in that regard?
1: Mm, yeah, to an extent, because if I look at someone like Pep Guardiola, everywhere he's gone, he splashed the cash and always built the like, ideal team that he wanted. As much as, as he is a good tactician and a good coach, Pep has always had everything at his disposal. And for me, that that, that is why he's so, so so successful. I mean, who goes and, and splashes 100 mil on defenders in one window? Yeah. <laughs> There's someone who wants to <laughs> win by all costs. And so, I mean... For me, when I started hearing Mourinho say, we want to sign this person and that person, I'm like, but you signed Lindelof already. Aren't you making excuses? And it, it, it really, I, just, I didn't want him there. But I mean, I'm starting to think that are, are, are clubs, are, is it that clubs are not prepared to have tough times? Do you want to sign a coach and just have a winning run like Leon had and like PSG have, like Bayern have had at at, at some point in time? And like Juve had, is that what we want from clubs? Because it's not realistic. I, I think it's very really clear that this is not
0: our fathers and grandfathers game. Uh, this is not the era where Alex Ferguson gets six seasons without winning anything Mm. and still manages to coach that team for what? Another twenty years. Yeah. No, um, I I don't think clubs have the stomach, uh, for building. And I think, you know what it comes down to. I think Mm. it's a society we live in. We do live in a micro society and also in a social media age where if it's trending, it's relevant. Um, if it's not, we've moved on from it. Mm. And just the culture of, of, of the time pushes even organizations to go through periods where, is it in vogue? I mean, we see in football, football is the most fashionable sport there is. When four four two for the longest time, was the preferred uh, formation. Mm-hmm. Now, everyone is playing with the front for three. three yeah. That's that 's the question who 's got the best front three? everyone is trying to build with with front threes, even if they don 't have the personnel to play that those kind of kind of things everyone is, is is enforcing a high press and this is catching out a lot of people out because everyone is trying to do the same thing, and the board as well they look at the successes that other teams have with what they 're doing and they 're looking to replicate that mm. and if that is not coming through then it 's a no we need we need to keep on searching until. We find that next thing, you know. So I don't think I don't I don't think we I don't think we'll ever see a manager stay at a place for like twenty years. Uh, I mean I mean, has been there
1: longer than most people. With, what you're saying with, something he's only been there for like five seasons. Yeah, with, without a cup, and he's <laughs> not the best example. I guess, in terms of they're actually regressing at this point in time. But I mean, if I look at the Orlando Paris team that we had Rudy Crawl for like three years, two mm-hmm. of those years were quite barren, but in the third year everything clicked. If I look at Man United, which is what people are actually complaining about, between Moyes and Van Gaal and Mourinho and now Oligana Solskjaer, never have we lost a penny. We've always put, um, posted record revenue, so it's not really affecting the club financially. So, if, if between um, Van Gaal and Moyes and Mourinho, it was just Moyes, because believe it or not, like a couple of months ago, that's only when his um, contract would have ended. <laughs> <Yeah,
0: yeah>. Would <laughs> but, you have wanted Moyes as a Manchester United fan? Would you have wanted Moyes to stay all six seasons of his contract,
1: considering how he started? I can't really give a proper answer to that because he was fired midway. I can't. I mean, all he's worse than Moyes right now. Van Gaal didn't play much better than Moyes. So I mean, look, what what my my biggest peeve with 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 Moyes is that he saw the season potentially. Um, he could have he, he could have gotten Fabregas, he could have gotten so many other players, but then he just signed Fellaini for Emile. But I, I thought we weren't prepared for that season. I think he shot himself in the foot. But, I mean, having seen what he did at Everton, I I believed, I I bought into the idea that this guy could possibly take over after Alex Ferguson. But I think if we had a full season, that I'd I'd give a proper verdict. But I don't think he would have done much worse than where we are right now. Should Ole Gunnar sort be fired? Oh, hell, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) You know, look, you know. Oli Oli has got 21 losses already in 50 games. It Which took is? it took Club hundred and fifty five games to get to twenty losses, so he's already surpassed so it. Look, I'm not impressed with what is doing. But at the same time, if you fire him now, how much better can we get?
0: We won't know until you get in the new person.
1: <laughs> because <laughs> And then it, if he sucks again, like I'm saying, it's been a musical chairs at United and nothing's really changed.
0: And, and, and that's scary. <laughs>
1: that's actually scary because like... So, be, so, so my point is this. The only thing that you can keep consistent in the football club is, is the manager. If you're going to chop and change players like the world does and chop and change managers as well, you're creating instability at every possible place that you can. And you're not going to be able to... I mean, like I said, I can't, I can't measure what Moise has done. I can measure somewhat of what Van Gaal did, but he got us the FA Cup. And as soon as he won, <laughs> Mourinho was signing a contract. Mourinho, we can't say he was going to do worse than Ole Gunnar, but we can't really judge because he's been gone. So if we get a bit of stability in some front, maybe in a couple of seasons' time, if you have the patience of Gary Neville, which is now, it's a future project. Maybe there's joy. I don't know.
0: You know, on the, other, on the flip side of that is, is Chelsea. Chelsea are not afraid oh. to get rid of a manager. <laughs> a manager will win a, a, a Premier League this season. A Champions League. material won a Champions League for Carvalho, and the following he didn't even make it through the following season. Mm-hmm. But then with them, you they make those changes and they continue being successful. So it's working at Chelsea. Uh, I I don't know if they've got a team who just knows when a team needs something different. And whenever they get something It's very rare that a coach has come to Chelsea And utterly failed mm. I, I can think of Scolari uh, Was one who failed um, Abraham Grant You you would say he failed But the man took them to a Champions League final And finished second in that very same season mm. And every other manager Who's been at Chelsea has has won something You know so, Abramovich has a clear mandate that he's in, he's in it to win it. Um, and we're going to see it again. When, when this transfer ban ends, he's going to go out there and he's going to spend. He's got his manager. He went and got Frank Lampard after a season of him managing Derby. Mm. And you're thinking to yourself, what, what can he possibly do? You see the Chelsea team and you look like, okay, uh, his fingerprints are all over this team. And they're trending in the right direction. And yet... After next season, after he gets the players that he wants, if it does not go translate into a, a league win or something of of those heights, Frank is going to see the boots as well. I mean, you know, you know the thing with managers; they are the easiest change that you can make, mm. because when you look at like when you look like at Manchester United, for example, the quality of players is not good. Mm. But the thing is, it is harder to get rid or change eleven to twenty twenty five guys. And it is the one person when the fans are booing and and they are not happy and they are your, they are your clients you know, your, your customers um so to speak the board I don't think boards are necessarily concerned with what fans want in terms of results they're concerned when it hits them in the pocket and because when the fans are unhappy with the team, then they start doing things like staying away or they're not they're not purchasing uh, merchandise and and that precipitates change so I think when the board looks at the situation they can't change themselves. Well, not can't. They're not willing to change themselves. Mm-hmm. So then it comes down to, okay, uh, the manager or the players, they look at the players, it's far too many of them to change all in one go. So guess who is the odd man out? The one individual who is the coach. I,
1: I want to then bring to light Brendan Rodgers. He quite, 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 did quite well at Liverpool, considering where they were and where he got them. And sure, he didn't have a, a, a great time towards the end of his tenure. Went to Celtic, started winning again. Sure, Celtic always win the league every yeah. other year. Came back to Leicester and transformed that team. I can make a case and say, hey, he stayed. He probably could have achieved the highest the club achieved because he's a proven manager in the, in the English Premier who He's done well. He's come back and within less than a season, Leicester are purring again. Leicester who are nobodies, who aren't Celtic. But then would you
0: look at Brendan Rodgers and say, you want Brendan Rodgers at Manchester United? I think there's a... There's a you're, not, you're not sure... If someone is going to regain form, particularly when they've they've lost it for a long time, because the other thing that happens at clubs is that when you lose the dressing room, that's it. Uh, regardless of how good of a manager you are, mm-hmm. if you lose the dressing room, if the players don't respect you or they're not willing to listen to anything that you have to say, then that's the end of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, player mutinies are, are 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 coach killers. You know, we saw it at United with Mourinho. We saw it with Mourinho at Real Madrid. Even that they were the players just were not going to perform for him, and it doesn't matter how good you are. in at that point, so there's that.
1: Um, I want to interrupt you there. Don't you think that that player mutiny is bred by the idea that players know that uh, you're not going to last too long. They do. <laughs> they are they, contracts. They you they, say, they, they, not last long.
0: they paid like. <laughs> I
1: mean, I mean, if you if you look at the respect that Sir Alex Ferguson had. In, in, in the United dressing room and how he can kick a boot to Beckham's face and have Beckham leave. Because <laughs> he was the gaffer. He was the boss. But now the tables have turned. If you hit Beckham in the face of the boot, he'll get you fired. That's as true. you saw with Pogba and Mourinho. If you go against the star of the team, you're going to get fired. And it's only worked for Chelsea. <laughs> Not really for anyone else. It's crazy because
0: the... And that's that's the change that has happened, mm. where the coaches were, the 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 voice of the team. Uh, they were they were the institution themselves. Mm. Now it, player power um, is what is what rules. <laughs> you say Chelsea, but Fabregas and 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 his his crew got, got was it Mourinho that they got fired?
1: Uh, yeah. So apparently, apparently, yeah, but he keeps saying that he plays for Marina, but it was, yeah. was really
0: his. Yeah, so I mean, and whilst that persists, where the players are the ones with the power, you're gonna see a, a musical chairs with, with, with managers. You but then you look at a situation like at a Liverpool, and you can visibly see that the Liverpool players love Jurgen Klopp, and as a result, the board loves him as well, the fans love him, and that's. That's the kind of perfect marriage that you're looking for, you know. If you don't quite have the finances that City has and the very excellent manager that they have, you want to have a situation like that that exists at Liverpool, but you you do need the fans to buy in here because, and the only way fans buy in if the results are good. Because at the end of the day, all of us who follow the teams that we follow, we just want to win, and if if we're not winning, then we need change.
1: I mean, another thing I think about is that maybe fans are not really aware of their position. I mean, can, can, realistically, can Tottenham fans be upset that Liverpool and City are that much better? Can they really make a case that we should have won the league when they're playing against juggernauts?
0: Well, if they view themselves as juggernauts as well, then, yeah. You know what? If, if, if you're not winning the league, for example, because obviously only one team can win it a, a, a season, you know, but you don't want to see just one team win all. Time. If you are in England where we speak about a traditional big six, in a, in, a, in a 15 year period, you want to see your club, which is not Manchester City or at the moment Liverpool, you want to know that your club features in, 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 in the title picture at least one time in that 15 seasons. I'll tell you, as, a, as an Arsenal fan, when Leicester City won the league, I was asking the question, why was that not the season where Arsenal won the league? I mean, City were down for, for their reasons, so much else. Everyone else had didn't have a good season. Hmm. And so, it was an open window for anyone, come get it. And that particular season, Arsenal were were little stable. And then Leicester... Leicester wins, <laughs> win, wins, wins the title So you look at things like that Like I mean, you look at Spain now Where Barca have dominated Spain For as long as they have This season, it looks like it's an it's an open competition yes. As a Real Madrid fan You look at that and you're like If we don't win this season Where like the Barca fans are calling for Valverde to be fired And Barca looks like they're a one-man team And they're struggling away from home And, and if Messi's not playing Griezmann doesn't look like he's he's the man to partner him and Suarez looks like he's past his prime. You look at that then as a as a Real Madrid team who've just recently signed Hazard and um and, and Gilvich is also there and you've made other signings and the coach that won you two European championships is entrenched in the helm. You look at that and you're like, this is a season we need to win. So if they don't win, as fans I think you look at that and you're like, when are we gonna win are we then gonna win?
1: You know? Fair point. I, I agree with that. But how long how long has it been since Simeone has won the league? Simeone, it, it, it's, been, I mean? it's been a minute. And and, and they, they, they're sticking with him, and he's not all that bad. I mean, but I think maybe he doesn't win it this season, but he's got the team believing again because he's made good signings and they've become solid. Is that not what you want to do with the team?
0: But the thing with Simeone is similarly to why Pochettino has stayed at Tottenham for as long as he has, because they, they're not quite real mature to Barcelona. When he came on there, they they were a good team, you know, but they were not challenging for the league. Mm. And I think when you have uh, the distinction of being the guy who comes in and has, has built a team up to being contenders, then the fans know what what they were before you. Mm. Um, they do not. Well, I say that, and maybe I'm placing too much faith in fans, but they do not consider you uh, as someone who's now suddenly not good enough for them. Uh, particularly as I'm saying when you pull them out from the doldrums so that's a different situation uh versus traditional giants uh where something needs to happen
1: but traditionally speaking apart from what we see now in the La Liga and the Leicester winning the EPL traditionally speaking teams don't just drop off a level certain teams come up and they become the giants of that campaign or that era or that particular season if, if 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 that's the case so I'm just saying that in the 15 years that you're saying as the top six in, 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 the, in the EPL, and you want to feature and, and, and not just be a uh, Liverpool, uh, Liverpool City, Chelsea, United uh, monopoly, if you're chopping and changing coaches, I guess, except for ben, <laughs> what really are you expecting? Because traditionally speaking, the big teams who have won the league before will continue to win. You know, at, at some point... You're basically playing the lottery. You're buying mm. tickets and you're hoping
0: one of them actually wins you the jackpot. You're hoping. When it's what I, I think has been happening at Manchester United that you tried uh, the guy who was in his job for 11 years with Moyes mm. and who was consistent to come replicate what Ferguson did that didn't work. So you went with the big name coaches. And then you've gone back to a, a, a local legend, a club legend. Mm. And you try all these different things in the hopes that, man, you've seen this work in other places. Hopefully one of them sticks. And because what you don't want to do as a big club, you don't just want to stand pat and stay in the same place. Because then you just become a mid-table team. That's how a, 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 AC Milan becomes what what they, they become. It's how Newcastle ends up being relegated when they were title challenges at some point. And you've seen that as as a club and you don't want to regress to those kind of levels. And so uh, in in conclusion, I'll say that when you are looking to press a button to try make everything go better, you fire the coach.
1: So yes, the fans and the coaches... <laughs> And the teams are trigger happy to fire the coach. Okay, lastly, let's let's preview the Liverpool game and the City game. Look, they've both had a pretty pretty rough patch. But by rough, I mean their wins have not been straightforward. Not in the Carabao Cup, not in the league this weekend. How do you think the clash is going to go? I think
0: I'm looking to Liverpool to win the game. Actually. Um, particularly because In their struggles And the one game Where they really Did not come through Is against United mm. uh, Where They're in They're a better team Than United right now um, But there's There's the derby uh, Feel to it And they never win At United So That can be excused But they've They've been struggling And that's uh, why
1: Oli still has his job Marina lost And <laughs> <on> you left
0: <laughs> But I mean In their struggles uh, Even in In, in in the match this this past weekend, they managed to come back from 1-0 and they managed to to win the game. Not only just draw it, but to win the game. City were playing against Southampton, who we we noted recently considered nine, you yeah. know, and they were playing at home and they were struggling to to score goals in that match. Credit to them, they also came back in that match and eventually won it. So, I I I think Liverpool as European champions as well. I honestly think they something happened last season where they got to understand that they belong in a title challenge with this uh, Pep Guardiola team. Mm -hmm. This season, they've come into it and they know that they are not only their equals, but perhaps even their superiors, you know? And they are champions of Europe, as I'm saying, they know how to win as well. And they have this never-die attitude. That Fergie time has kind of become clock time. uh, That's for me. And so... Where where last season they lost, we can can say, they lost um, their title momentum. They pushed for the title against City. I think this season, as someone who's picked them to win the league, they win this game and
1: they push on from there. So this is a pivotal game because either they extend their lead or they're cut down and it becomes close again. Look, I think I have to agree with you on this one because City have not yet fixed their defensive frailties. They still have the key members of their defence out and they're still playing I'm with Fernandino at the back and Zinchenkos and stuff. When, when City are being pressured defensively, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a movie. It's a movie to watch. It's drama. It's all these mistakes. They're good going forward traditionally, and they've always been. But if you have money and you've got Firmino and Salah running at you, I don't see you guys keeping a clean sheet. And with their struggles of late, I know it's, it's, it's not normal for them to struggle to score goals. They usually average like, what, three or four? Um, but I, I don't see them winning. If they do, I'd be surprised. Um, but look, I got it right on the Springbok spit, I got it right with Canelo I got it right with Leicester So I'm saying this week, Liverpool, I'm going for a 3-0 win 3-0 oh,
0: You know, actually, oddly enough you say that I'm actually, I'm actually also leaning towards a big victory for Liverpool I, Yeah you know how a couple of seasons ago, how they came out and you put like four or five in like 20 minutes. Mm. I'm not looking for them to put like all those goals past, um, in, in the early minutes of the game, but I think they're going to blitz uh, City. Uh, the game is going to start and City will not know what hit them. That front three, I'm looking for them to do wonders mm. in this game. Later on in the game, I'm looking for an off-way to come in and just make matters worse. As you said, City are nowhere. At the back, and it seems as if their confidence is a little shot at the moment, because it's seemingly affecting the overall gameplay. Because going forward as well, they're not quite as crisp as they were. We saw that 8 0 victory, but I mean, since then, oh, and in and around those those that result, they've not quite looked like world beaters. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, as I'm saying, Liverpool exude a strength, and I think I think this is I think this is their season, as I've said from the beginning of the season, and they're gonna rubber stamp. That uh, this weekend, so actually, also going for a 3 win for Liverpool at home against Manchester City, City will be toppled finally.
1: That makes way for United eventually after the after rebuild, after we spend money. After That's where we end the show because <laughs> there's
0: no more content when
1: uh, Chuck starts speaking about United. Lastly, lastly, I know we didn't touch on the story to Derby, but we're waiting for this coming weekend. Watch the comeback, people. Watch the comeback.
0: Guys, uh, thank you for joining uh, the World Champions. Uh, Hello, hello. Uh, On on, on this episode, you can find us on Twitter at 2UpFrontPod. You can find us uh, with the same handle on Instagram as well. Uh, You can also find us on Facebook, 2UpFront. And from me, Jay, and from Chuck, this has been another great episode of 2UpFront. Join us next time.
1: Uh Today we're doing things differently. We have we are creating our own outro. What else we need a
0: veil. Short term.